0: Amen. Thank you, guys. If you will, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms right in the middle of your um, book of Scripture here. If you take your Bible and just open it right to the center, you'll be in the book of Psalms or nearby. And turn, if you will, to the final psalm of this whole book, Psalm 150. At the very end, right before the book of Proverbs, you'll see the final word of the Psalter. We've been through this together over the course of the summer and seen all the ups and downs of walking with the Lord. It's not always straightforward. It's not always one-dimensional. You've seen King David, a man after God's own heart, uh, go through the trials and the struggles of uh, life and of walking with the Lord and of calling upon Him and praising Him and finding himself in pain and Finding himself in lonesomeness, but always finding a way to go back to God. We come to Psalm 150. It leaves us with a note of praise. It talks all about praising the Lord, and so the closing word of all of the Psalter is to say, "In your going, praise Him, praise Yahweh." And the word here, uh, "praise the Lord," that is used over and over, it literally is the word hallelujah that we say uh, in our worship from time to time. Used in the New Testament, in the book of the Revelation, hallelujah. The word is halal, which means praise, literally to shine a light upon or to illuminate, to, to flash, uh, to reveal something, to praise the Lord. And then the, the next part of that word is yah. What does that mean? That Yahweh, praise Yahweh. When we say hallelujah, We're saying something very specific. When you see someone in a secular setting uh, say hallelujah, sometimes that that ought to rub us um, with a little bit of discomfort because it's not just a word of of exaltation or of celebration as we spike a football or as we win the lottery, we say hallelujah. Uh, Hallelujah means praise to our God, the one true and living God. And that's what Psalm 150 is all about. How do we praise God? What does it mean to praise What does God mean when he says, praise the Lord? We were at a little restaurant uh, this Friday. Uh, the church, you got Eric and me a little gift certificate uh, on our anniversary uh, in May, church anniversary, to um, this place down in downtown Gainesville, called Lunas anybody gone to Lunas ever okay a lot of people i 've never been there it 's in the it 's in the bottom floor of a, a big office building and very fancy place and uh, we got there and we saw linen tablecloths and big like loungy chairs that you sit in to eat and all the waiters and waitresses had ties on and it, it was it was done up big time right and uh, the lady said yes, and uh, the the hostess, and we said, we're here for Luna's, right? You know, we're here to eat, and she kind of looked at us, you know, like, and I thought, oh my goodness, we're, we're not dressed for Luna's, right? I thought we did pretty good, right? And uh, she looked at us and said, would you like to eat in this dining room? And we're like, That's we want to, yes, you know, and, and she, she was polite and took us in, and sat us down, and <clears throat> the whole time I was worried. We were the very first ones there. Uh, we, we are those people now. Uh, we were there at 5 p.m., and we, we went and sat down, and nobody else was there, and I thought, oh, my goodness. I had on jeans and a golf shirt, and, uh, and I thought, oh, we're we wrong for this place, right? We, and they know, everybody knows it. The waiters know it, you know. We are like the lesser people uh, here, and I was worried to death. They brought us over one roll, right? A little plate with one roll. And I was, you know, usually you get what? A basket of rolls? I thought, man, I'm in the wrong spot, you know. (laughs) And I knew something was bad wrong when Erica took her purse and sat it down on the floor there. And we just started looking at the menu. And a little man rushed over to a station and picked up something, brought it over, and sat it down. Picked up Eric's purse and put it on it. He said, ma'am, I have brought you a purse stool. It was a stool. Narvi wants one. Uh, it was a stool for the purse. And I was thinking, oh, this is going to be so uncomfortable because we don't belong here. We don't fit. We're not, we're not what they expected. And I looked and looked, and finally somebody else came in. And I looked at the entrance, man. I just stared at him and looked at every part of how he was dressed. And he was dressed worse than me. I felt a lot better. There was a a look of joy on my face. And I'm sure this guy looked at me and thought, what is wrong with that? Why is he looking at me this way? He brought me such joy because, hey, we had met the standard, right? Lunas, uh, apparently we were in league with exactly what we were supposed to be. The Lord gives us a pattern here for praise. We use the word praise a lot. We use the word worship a lot. We know that's what we're here for today. But how do we know if we're meeting up to what that's supposed to be? What that word means? What God has in mind when he says to praise him? When he brings us and invites us into worship? How do we know if we have met the standards? God gives us a standard here, and we're going to look at that together in Psalm 150. Let me read this for us. If you don't have your Bible today, these words will be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible in your life, uh, we don't want anyone leaving here today without a good reliable copy of God's Word. And we have those on the back table for you. They're nice uh, for you to take home. No cost to you, just a gift from our heart to yours. And so you take that if you need it. Verse 1 of Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. L-O-R-D, all capital letters. That is God's proper and eternal name, Yahweh. I am who I am. I will be who I will be. I am the self-existent one. I am the one who is. That's all captured in this word Yahweh. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with the strings and the pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. What does God think our praise ought to look like? Let's look at these uh, four uh, notions real quick from this psalm. The first is this. The psalm gives us the place of our praise. We see here, uh, unmistakably, the, the place that we are to praise God. Our worship uh, is to be limitless in its location. God gives us uh, the, the, the place of his sanctuary. We are to praise him in his sanctuary, but we're not to be limited to that place. We're to praise him everywhere under, under the, the umbrella of his mighty heavens. And where is that? There is nowhere that that does not Describe Two distinct places, his sanctuary. Now, we're not confined to the sanctuary. We know that. It's supposed to be anywhere, but God does specifically mention his sanctuary here. He could have mentioned anywhere else if he wanted to, but he chose under his heavens to mention his sanctuary. What does this mean? It means that there is power when we are gathered together in the house of praise. You may have heard people say, well, I don't believe in what would, the, what would you hear? Organized religion, right? I just don't believe in organized religion. God does. God believes in organized religion. You may have heard someone say, well, you know, I can, I can praise God uh, brushing my teeth or on my couch at home. I, I can praise God. I've heard someone say, I can, I can be with God just as easily uh, out in the woods or in the mountains. I can be with God. Uh, listen, that's true. And there are certainly obligations that we have to be with God in all of those places. But that does not remove from us this emphasis, this command that we would worship God in his place of choosing, in his sanctuary. My grandfather retired in 1987 after 30 years at the police department in Chattanooga, they asked him, where do you want to have your retirement ceremony? And he said, I want to go to Ryan's. Anybody, y'all remember Ryan's? The buffet, steakhouse, as it were. Um, he said, I want to go to Ryan's. And I remember my mom and dad thinking, oh, why Ryan's, you know? You could have chosen anywhere you wanted to go, but you chose Ryan's. And sure enough, the picture of him and his retirement with those people alongside him smiling and facing the days ahead... Uh, are all captured in the little party room at Ryan's with the buffet stand back in the background, right? Not exactly where you might choose to, to capture your retirement memories, but he loved him some Ryan's. I love Ryan's too, by the way. Uh, it's gone now, but uh, that was the place. No, no one was going to say to him, hey, no, sorry, you can't have it at Ryan's. Why not? It was his retirement. Whose worship is it today? It's God's worship. Who is the one who invites us uh, together to, to praise his name, to remember all his benefits and blessings? It's the Lord who does that. We do not have the prerogative to say to him, Lord, I can be with you just as easily. Who said it was easy, guys? I can be with you just as easily in the woods. Or I don't believe in organized worship. Or I can praise God from anywhere. I, I, I. When the Lord says, I'm inviting you to worship who? To worship me. This is God's worship, right? We're to worship him in his sanctuary. The New Testament reiterates this command. That we not neglect the gathering together, as is the habit of some. We are to be a gathering people. We're to worship God in his sanctuary, but also were to worship Him in His mighty heavens. This simply means everywhere. This means that when you leave here today, worship is not done. It's not over with today. You can worship God at your work tomorrow or at school, studying for a test, students. You can worship. You can have a worshipful heart doing that. <clears throat> you can do it in your vocation or in your teaching at home. You can uh, you can worship God in your sorrow and in your loss. You can worship Him doing mighty, powerful, purposeful things. And you can worship Him doing mundane, menial tasks. Last night, I was in my bathroom wiping up vomit off the toilet and the floor. Not my own. It was Erica's. No, it wasn't Erica's either. It was one of the kids from playing all day and being in the sun too long and eating bad. Uh, <clears throat> there I was in the, in the floor last night, church coming tomorrow morning. I was in the floor wiping it, scooping it up. It doesn't soak in when it's that slimy, you know. It won't suck up into the paper towel. You kind of have to scoop it. Uh, (laughs) Can you worship God doing that? You better believe it. You can do it. Can you worship God pumping your gas? Can you worship God when you don't know what the future holds at your job, when you know that the cuts are coming, and you, if day by day you don't know, yes, you can. We are to worship God everywhere. I want you to, to hear this for just a minute uh, from Colossians chapter 3, from the New Testament. Whatever you do, work, work heartily as for who? The Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward, period, you are serving the Lord Christ. In what? Well, in whatever you do, work heartily for the Lord and not for men. In whatever you do, you're serving the Lord Christ. We'll be at Oakwood Elementary tomorrow, serving the Lord Christ, worshiping, praising God. Yes, today in his sanctuary, and yes, tomorrow at Oakwood Elementary. The best we're able to do it. We'll be at school on Tuesday, guys, students in that lunchroom eating that food. You can worship God going through that line. You can worship God doing all kinds of things, and God fully expects that we will be a people of this type of worship. Worship me in my sanctuary, and under the dome of my mighty heavens, there is no place that we are not to be a people of praise. There's not a place in all creation that God is not deserving of our praise. Every corner of our lives should be rendering a hallelujah to him. But secondly, the place of our praise is given here. The platform of our praise is given next. Why are we to praise God? What's the basis of this? What prompts us to praise God? There are two qualities of God that are shown to us here. We, we have limitless places to praise God, but we have limitless reasons to praise God, too. The word praise here means a, a halal, a, a, a shining, an illumination, a flashing of light. You ever watched a horror movie or a scary movie, and someone's lurking through the house, you know, something's wrong, and a lightning flashes, and all of a sudden, what do you see? For a split second, there's someone there. It, it shows it forth. That's what we're doing in this place today. Our goal is to shine a light on who God is, to reveal who he is, to tell him about it, and to tell each other about his glory. On what are we shining with our lives? What are we supposed to shine upon? Number two things here. His mighty deeds first. We are to praise him for his mighty deeds. The deeds revealed in Scripture that we could recount, the, the exodus of, of Israel, the deliverance of of his people, the, the saving power of the flood, the oath-keeping with Abraham. We could go on and on. We could look at, at the sending of, of the predecessor of Jesus, John the Baptist, and that powerful message, and the Son of God arriving in our dirt and going to our cross. We can look at the Bible, and we can praise God for his mighty deeds. We can praise him for those biblical deeds. We, we can also praise him for the deeds he's done in your life. I remember at 15 years old, No notion of who God was or what he wanted uh, me for or that he even loved me. He claimed my life in a youth camp in in, uh, Oklahoma. He came to me. I can praise him for his mighty deeds. I can praise him for that time when he came through for me. I can praise him for that season when there was nothing of me left, when I was worn to complete thinness, when it it literally felt that the weight of the world was going to shatter the, the person that I was. I had no strength left, and there was Jesus. I can praise him for these things. It's okay to praise God for his mighty deeds. You may have heard people open a prayer and say, "Lord." We just want to thank you today, not for what you've done for us, but just for who you are. And I get that. Avoiding a selfishness, uh, turning away from a me focus, I, I understand what's going on there. But the Bible says, hey, praise the Lord for his mighty deeds. It's okay to say, Lord, you provided for me. Lord, you've saved my life. Lord, I give you credit and glory for these things. But also we're to praise him. <clears throat> we're to praise him for his mighty deeds and his excellent greatness. The fact that God is eternal. The fact that God is holy. The fact that God is powerful. The fact that he is wise. That he never changes. That he's immutable. That that his decisions and his counsel stand and will never be overridden. These are the things about God's excellent greatness that we praise. Who he is that is other than who we are. And if you notice two things about both of these, his mighty deeds and his excellent greatness, it tells us that God never changes. Our basis for praise never changes. A lot of things change in our life. I remember Jackson was a little guy. We were talking about this uh, yesterday, maybe, or the day before. I would preach at, at our old church, and he would sit right down here in this area with his with his mom, and when I would walk down at the end, the, the, little, the piano would start playing, and I'd be heading to the front porch. Jackson would be sitting there, and he would fold out right behind me, guys. He wanted to dress like me. Uh, he wanted to be like me. When I walked down there, he walked back there, and when I was shaking hands, guess what he was doing after church? Shaking hands. Not, that doesn't happen anymore, right? Now, that'd be kind of weird if you did that today. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, things change, don't they? And we remember that memory with fondness, but we also remembered it with a little bit of loss. Like, hey, things have changed. And I praise God and I thank God for, for how things have changed. We praise God for Jackson. But, but there's, the things in our lives do not stay the same. And oftentimes there is a sense of loss that things are different than they used to be. There's something that was there that's, that's not there. And there's regret in our lives. And we look at uh, how, how things um, evolve, but God never changes. If our basis for praise was on how it's going with us, how we're feeling today, Uh, how blessed we are materially, how our kids are doing, how the job is shaping up. What if your basis for praise today was on how your 401k is doing in 2022? Is it up or is it down? Things change, don't they? What if you're an empty nester today and your, your basis for praise is, is on how you're experiencing life now that everything's gone. I talked to a lady this week who was sorrowing and not sure how she was going to go forward based on that. What if and God forbid, what if he was your son on Tuesday, in the fire? His mother lives. His mother lives. What if it was yours? Life takes us up and life takes us down. The Bible says you praise God for his mighty deeds. Remember them. You praise God for his excellent greatness. They don't change. We can praise God. When we cast the light onto who God is and what he's done, there is never an absence, not even a fluctuation. The Bible says not even a shadow due to change in our abundant cause to praise him. Where is your light cast this morning? Where is the light cast? of revelation, that flash of glory, where is it cast? What is it revealing standing in the household of your heart? Does it reveal the mighty deeds and the excellent greatness of God? Or does it reveal that your hope is put on that 401k or that job or any other thing? Where is your light cast this morning? The platform of our praise. We have a strong basis to praise God. But thirdly, we see here the pattern of our praise. The pattern of our praise. Now, this, it gets wild here, doesn't it? In, cha- in verse 3, we're to praise him with a trumpet and place it, praise him with a lute and a harp. Praise him with a tambourine. You know what that is. And a dance. You know what, da- that, what dancing is. Praise him with strings and a pipe. Like an organ and a piano. With all these instruments, praise him with sounding cymbals. And that's not quite enough. The Bible has to repeat it here, not only sounding symbols, but mm, loud, crashing, cla- what is it? Clashing symbols. The picture here is of a people praising God with everything we are for all of who He is. There's two parts there. With everything we are, the closet is emptied of instruments. If we had, if if, if we had instruments in all these closets to praise God according to this. I mean, we're emptying the clock, everything, bring it all out here, and let's make a noise for God today. They are bringing out all the stops. They're all in to praise God on this this morning described here. I want to show you a picture on the screen of some fireworks. Uh, That's in San Diego. That's 10 years ago in 2012. And every year San Diego does a fireworks show Two million dollars, two plus million dollars worth of fireworks. 700 uh, individual explosions uh, are in that show. And on this year, somebody pushed the wrong button. And they all went off at the same time. That's why it looks like that. At the noonday sun, right? If you watch this video, you would see people jumping up and fleeing for their safety uh, if, you, if you carried on. I watched it. They're running. They said the heat and the light of that was just uh, un- unbelievable. In 30 seconds, 700 fireworks exploded all at once. Wouldn't you hate to be that guy? $2 million. I bet he doesn't work or probably live in San Diego uh, anymore. But yeah, I mean, a brilliant flash. I mean, you can imagine this worship setting described in Scripture with all these instruments, just, just giving praise to God, just an explosion of praise to the Lord. That's what we're, we're told to do here. We are to worship God with everything we are. Does that mean we've got to go get a lute? I don't even know what a lute is, Trey, but get a lute and, and bring that in here. And No, here's what it means for us today. It means, are all your closets emptied? As you praise God, yes, in his sanctuary. As you praise God, yes, down the street, wherever your life takes you. On the floor, wiping up vomit. As you praise God with who you are under the heavens, are your closets emptied in praising him with your life? Or is there something held back? No, Lord, not this closet. No, Lord, not not this part of me. No, Lord, not in my misery. No, Lord, not in my sorrow. Uh, No, Lord, my closets aren't mine. Or are your closets emptied to praise the Lord? We praise him with everything we are, but also for all he is. I love the diversity of instruments here. Here's what it tells me. It tells me that no one experience can capture who God is. Let's go through this just quickly. The trumpet. What's the trumpet mean? You talk about the announcement of, of an arrival of royalty. You think about the Lord Jesus returning in glory with the, with the blast of the trump of God. Uh, it, it announces the presence of God. Trey, I love it when uh, an opening, when the choir does a big opening, you call, it, you call it a call to worship, when the very first thing is the trumpet blast of the choir here to say, hey, we're in the presence of the Lord. There's power in that. But what about the harp? I don't know what a lute is, but what about the harp? That's not powerful, is it? Where does a harp play? You ever heard a harp? Those, those singular notes just hang and ring in the air. You contemplate and you're thinking about what it means. It, it draws you into it. It's soft. It's meaningful. But we're to praise God that way too. The powerful blast of his presence. And the inviting and, and thoughtful sound of a harp. With the tambourine and the dancing. I won't do that for you today. But the tambourine and the dancing. The, the energy. And, and, and God, there's so much of you that my body doesn't contain. Lord, I've got to do. I've got to go. I've got to sing. I've got to dance. There's an energy and a power there. We're to praise Him with strings and pipe. Think of the majesty of an organ. A pipe organ. You think of the strength of a a piano and the versatility of that. All of these describe the same God. Do you see that? You need a God of power? Guess what? There he is. You need a God of invitation? Guess what? The Lord draws you in. He is sweet and soothing. You need a God of comfort. He is there. You need to be reminded of the the high attributes of God, those pipes ringing in. Guess what? That's the same God. You don't have to go to a dozen different places to find him. I love this last part here with the clashing symbols. If I took two symbols in here today, big ones, and I just, ba-boom, what would you feel like? I mean, that. It would, we would cringe, wouldn't we? I mean, it would be uncomfortable even, wouldn't it? Listen, there is a fearsome power to the presence of God. There ought to be times in our worship when it's not all sweet, but when we, as human beings, feel like a, an empty tin can under the weight of who God is, that we're not up to it, that we're not sufficient for it. And he is bigger than us. And all of this comes out of praise of one God. He is the same God. In my hometown, we had a lot of restaurants on Ringgold Road. And me and my buddy Dale used to eat at them. And we loved two of our favorites, Taco Bell, as you know. But I loved Long John Silver's. Number six value meal at Long John Silver's, excuse me. Number six, sometimes we couldn't decide which one to go to, and one day we're driving down Ringgold Road, and we noticed something, a new sign, a combo restaurant, Taco Bell and Long John Silver's together, I mean, it was like the promised land, y'all, it was a <laughs> land flowing with milk and honey, except more like grease and whatever, I don't know, but <clears throat> I mean, That was our place from then on, right? We could get both at the same place. Uh, The ladies in my life, my mom, for one, would be like, that's disgusting. You know, those two things don't belong together. And, And there's a sense in which, with God, we see here a lot of things that don't, at first glance, belong together. The strength and the power, the weight of glory, The sweet, soothing comfort and the invitation, the blast of a trumpet sound, all of this is He is our one source. He is our one source. Do you hear me? He is our one source. It's all in God. We worship Him with all that we are. We empty the closets out of our life to give Him the the most praise that we're able to, the best we can, and we do it because of his excellent greatness, because of all of who he is, it's not so simple. The Lord provides all that we need. When we realize that the mighty deeds and excellent greatness of God are singular and all sufficient for everything we need, our lives are to pour forth praise to him with every tool he has given us. And that ought to mean something when we gather here On Sunday mornings. It ought to mean something all over. Under the dome of his heavens. It ought to mean something. But when after a week long away from each other. We are gathered back in the place of God's choosing. To worship him in his sanctuary. That when the floodgates again are opened for us. To give him praise. Boy it ought to mean something. To worship God with all that we are for everything of who he is. A full and collective door opening up for us to pour forth our praise. Praise God for who he is. But lastly, we see the people of praise. Who are the people who are supposed to praise God? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let them all praise God. That means all people under heaven and, and really all creatures. Under, if, you, if, if there's breath in your lungs, uh, there is a, you, we are to praise God. We are invited into this, this matter of praising the Lord. But it ought to be especially and most powerfully true for the redeemed of God. Listen to this in John chapter 4. Jesus says to this lady who is lost, 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 deep in sin, far from God, Here's what he says. Jesus is sitting with her and talking, and he says, Listen, everyone who drinks of this water here, they were beside a well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. If this is you today, if you've experienced that, if you've gone from being far from God to having a spring of water welling, overflowing in your life, welling up to eternal life. If your life has been changed, you've been transferred from darkness to light, if you've been taken from the kingdom of uh, the power of this world to the kingdom of his beloved son, then listen, we've got cause today to praise the God. There is no room to say, oh, I'm too macho for that. Matthew, I, I like to come to church, I'm just too macho to praise God. Well, you know, I'm too proper for that. That's just not a part of who I am. I'm kind of a proper, or I'm very collected, or I'm too shy, I'm too embarrassed to praise God. Now, I don't mean you've got to fall apart with emotion, but there ought to be something that ignites in your heart a longing to reach out to God when we are gathered together for worship. It doesn't even have to be seen on the outside, but God, it ought to be happening on the inside. Honest-hearted and open-mouthed praise ought to be genuinely desired and deeply felt by all the people of God. And if that's not something in you, there's cause here for evaluation. Troy Walliser tells a story of Jose Canseco and Oral Hershiser in the 1988 World Series. Oral Hershiser, you probably remember him. He was a pitcher. Pitched all nine innings of that game, uh, which is, is quite a, a task if you follow baseball. He pitched all nine innings, and the score was not a runaway. It was pretty close. They're the fifth game of the World Series. It would be the, a decisive game. Oral Hershiser, after the eighth inning, leading into the ninth inning, was about to pitch. And the camera, just in that little break time when all the players were running back and forth, zoomed over to the dugout. And it went in on Oral Hershizer, and they could see him there, kind of muttering. It looked like he was muttering to himself. Just his mouth was moving. No one was around him. Uh, <clears throat> all the clamor of helmets and everything was happening, but he was by himself, and he was muttering to himself. He went out and pitched that last inning and won the game, MVP that year for the whole World, World Series. Later on, he went on to, t- to the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And he was there during the interview, and uh, Johnny Carson said to him, you know, we saw the video right before that, that last inning. Back when the, the, the outcome was totally uncertain, we, you know, it, was, it was yet to be determined. Uh, we know you were worn out. I mean, we know you were just spent eight innings of pitching without a break. He so said, we want to know what is it you were saying to yourself. He said, I wasn't saying anything. He said, well, what were you doing? He said, I was singing a song. And he said, Johnny Carson said, well, would you sing that song for us? Or Hirschiser said, no, 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 no. Johnny said, yeah, but, you know, come on, we want to hear it. He said, I can't sing. And when you hear him sing, he can't sing. I mean, it's it's awful. (coughs) I listened. And uh, he said, no, 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 no. Uh, I didn't didn't come here to sing. And Johnny said, well, you're going to sing it. And he invited the crowd to all chant, you know. Sing, sing. And so finally, after they quieted down, Earl Hershiser, kind of a humble and and, um, uh, awkward guy, he opened his mouth. And he opened his mouth before the noise. You know what I mean? That last moment of hesitation. He opened his mouth, and here's what he sang. He said, praise God. I'm going to try to sing it. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above you, heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The crowd was silent. Johnny Carson had no tools left in his tool belt to deal with that. And it was over. And from the back, finally, somebody started inviting applause. It's always time to praise God. In the ninth inning, when you're worn out, when life has taken its toll, when the outcome is far from certain, when you don't know what, what the end is going to be, many times we don't, There's still time to praise. Amen? God's still worthy of being praised. He has not changed. Who are the people of God's praise? We all are. What is the place of God's praise? It's everywhere. You offer praise to him this week. How's your praise this morning? What's in your closets? On what is your light? Shining. How is your praise doing? On this Sunday morning. Maybe it's time for you to draw near to God. Afresh. To draw near to him again. To ask him to fill and to revive. Every corner of your life. With the knowledge of him. Maybe it's time. To invite praise back in. Let me pray for us. Just a moment I'd like to offer you. A chance to respond to God there's no magic in this no preconceived pattern that we're expecting you to follow maybe you need to pray right there where you're at say God my closets are full of me and the light is shining Lord on me well I forgot how worthy you are it's been a long time since I've given any seriousness to your mighty deeds and your excellent greatness Maybe you pray this morning, Father, I need help. I'm panicked in my life right now. God, I'm panicked. I don't know what to do. I'm shaken and I'm weak and I'm going to lose it all, God. But I forgot, Lord. Lord, I forgot that you're there with me, that you don't change. I forgot that you're always worthy. I forgot your deliverance, your mighty deeds toward me in the past and toward your people. Lord, I forgot. Hallelujah. Maybe you would plead with God for help today. Maybe you'd come to recommit your life to him or maybe for the very first time, maybe you have a hard time praising the Lord because you've never belonged to the Lord. You've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You've never asked him that his blood might cover your sins and give you eternal life with him forever. Today you can come to do that. Welcome me this morning to come for church membership or for baptism or some other thing that I've not mentioned. It's between you and the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God and thank you, God, for trusting it to us. I pray that just the notion of who you are and what you've done would change us today, that we would step differently from here because of it. We offer that to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing, and as we do, I invite you to respond.